0: Oncology Data Advisor. Today we're here at ONS Congress and I'm joined by Dr. Jessica Coviello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you.
1: Pleasure to be here. Would
0: you like to introduce yourself and
1: share what your work focuses on? Yes. So I am Jessica Sheik Coviello and have been in practice for a very long time. Uh, the last probably twelve to 13 years, I have been in cardio Most of my work throughout my nursing career has been in cardiology, either in CCU or I started a cardiac rehab program at Yale probably 30 years ago now and it's still in existence. Um, I'd like to innovate and get programs started and move them forward. Um, and in 2011, in the context of my DNP, Um, We wrote a needs assessment and started a cardio-oncology clinic at Yale New Haven Hospital in New Haven.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, just presented a session um, on cardio-oncology and cancer care. Why is there a need for cardio-oncology services as a specialized area?
1: The incidence of pretty awesome cardiac side effects can occur Mm -hmm. with certain types of cancer chemotherapies. The original work that was done looking at uh, cancer or cardiovascular side effects was done with childhood um, bone marrow transplant uh, patients as well as breast cancer patients uh, because those particular populations used a drug called anthracycline. Um, and in breast cancer, they also used a drug called Trastuzumab, or no, also known as Receptin. And we saw that they, those particular drugs had a cardiovascular side effect that, in some cases, was, again, pretty awesome. Uh, patients would develop left ventricular dysfunction, um, some of whom would recover from that, others whom would not. Uh, and so it became important to have cardiology on board to help manage those patients. As chemotherapeutic agents have continued to evolve and we've come more and more uh, cardiac therapies, um, we've seen more cardiac side effects that have arisen either in the form of high blood pressure or arrhythmias or more heart failure or pericarditis. There's a whole series of cardiovascular complications Mm -hmm. that can occur. So that's why we're in the game. Yes.
0: Uh, So what is the importance of cancer patients having a comprehensive baseline uh, cardiovascular assessment?
1: Well, What we know is that from our studies looking at at population health, we know that um, particularly for women, uh, their sense of being at risk for cardiovascular disease is a lot less than for being at risk for breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, The data shows that even women who have continued to have good primary care or have continued to see primary care, two things happen. First of all, if cardiovascular risks are discussed with them, they don't remember. They don't know what the cardiovascular risks are. They don't know what the results of their cholesterol level is or their blood pressure. Um, and they don't see themselves at risk. Again, more at risk for breast cancer than cardiovascular disease. In addition to that, with very busy primary care practices, um, the Women's Health Initiative demonstrated that about 39% of primary care physicians are able to really discuss cardiovascular risk with their patients. So that's a fairly low amount. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we see that um, women are entering cancer chemotherapy never really having been assessed. Although the Heart Association says that at the age of 20, we should all be assessed. Mm-hmm. We should all know our blood pressure and we should all know our cholesterol. But um, that has not been the case. So people enter cancer chemotherapy without ever really having a comprehensive cardiovascular mm-hmm. assessment. And that's where the problem lies. Right.
0: And on the flip side, um, for survivors, which um, uh, how, how often should survivor, survivors be uh, monitored for cardiovascular risk? You know, it's
1: it's really a great question. It depends upon the chemotherapeutic agent that was mm-hmm. used, what their cardiac side effects were in the course of their chemotherapy. Um, I think I think the other the other thing to be considered is is who should be doing that type of continuing mm-hmm. ongoing. Um, care and I was just talking to someone a few minutes ago who was asking the question who should we be teaching about cardiovascular risks mm-hmm. and how to manage those and how to assess for those and it really is primary care providers because our patients in long-term survivorship right. go back to their primary care person and they really need to be the ones who are most on top of those things yes. and it's not that hard there's a recipe now we talked today about the new cardio-oncology guidelines that came out so that recipe is pretty clear as to what it is that needs Mm -hmm. to be done. The question is do primary care physicians have the time to do that?
0: Right, right. Um, So where do you anticipate the future of cardio-oncology going?
1: Well I think where we're going to go is first of all uh, the discipline is going to change in that it's going to become much more collaborative. You know we talked today in the presentation about trainings that are going to take place for us together, rounds for us to do together between cardiology and oncology, I think that is going to be a place I would like to see us be a lot more diverse. Um, And I think that from a scientific standpoint, we're going to continue to work on creating clinical trials that will give us better information uh, and direction on how to treat some of these problems that we've seen in the context of chemotherapy and radiation. And I think other than that, you know, I think we need to work on overall cardiovascular and cancer risk reduction. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the social determinants of health and how they can affect uh, both cardiac and cancer outcomes. So I'm hoping that we will also be able to move in that direction.